To go out recording in the 21st century is a breeze. It really is. You have a solid state of recorders, complete with 128 gigabytes of SD storage that can run on a couple of AA batteries or their own internal rechargeables for a whole day, or at least a good part of it. They are fantastic. Connected to it is your highly sensitive condenser microphone or microphones of choice and you can listen to it through a pair of highly audio accurate lightweight pair of headphones. The whole kit weighs at most a kilogram, a mere couple of pounds. Utterly remarkable. That's all you need. So you've got the kit capable of making wonderful recordings. All you have to do now is find somewhere to record. Uh, to do this, uh, you've searched the internet for the best place to record of the subject whose vocalisations you want to capture. Some kind, over-enthusiastic bird-watcher who wants to prove how good he or she is has given precise locations to the world. So the only problem is getting up early enough to get in position. You need to avoid all those noisy bird-watchers and photographers that will be arriving once they've finished their breakfast. And of course, the rest of the human noise, cars, planes, chainsaws, etc., etc., which get more and more invasive and louder as each year passes. In the past, things were very different, very, very different. And of course, all your kit was analogue, not digital. For a start, the best recorders were reel-to-reel. The renowned Nagra were the best of the best. They have wonderful preamps and accurately threaded quarter-inch magnetic tape at whatever speed needed. The usual speed used for moving the tape across those magnetic heads was 7.5 inches per second. Using a 5-inch diameter reel of tape gave the recordists approximately 24 minutes of recording before we had to change tape. It is worth noting here that the resultant recording using this quality kit was, and still is, second to none. Unfortunately, the recorder, complete with its 12 D-cell batteries needed to power it, weighed over 20 pounds, 10 kilograms. Yes, 20 pounds, equivalent to 10 litres of bottled water. You had to be fit to carry one of those around for most of the day. More unfortunately, the microphone used back then were usually of a dynamic design, nowhere near as sensitive as the latest condenser microphones. This meant that you had to get much nearer to the subject of your choice, without disturbing the animal, of course. This is and was a necessity. Getting yourself into a good position to record, crawling about with the equivalent of those 10 litres of water over your shoulders, you try it. We had to. It took a lot of effort, especially if you consider we were carrying a parabolic reflector with its inefficient microphone in the other hand. Ah, uh, men were men, and of course women were women in those days. What I would have given then for a modern bit of kit, I think I would have captured so many more good recordings. Really I would. But would I have had so much fun? or be able to tell the tales of recordings that got away? Link this to the post-recording studio work, where we can now get to that digital file within seconds, 
rather than having to play through all 24 minutes of the reel of tape to find the section of sound you wanted. Or if you were using cassette tape, that would be 45 minutes of side A or B of a D90 tape. That took lots and lots and lots of time. To sum up, I will accept no moaning from would-be wildlife sound recorders of the 21st century. None whatsoever. You've got it so much easier. So no moaning. Just go out there and get some great recordings.